HVAC 360, episode number 10, Owner Training. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Matt Nelson, to another episode of HVAC 360. This week, I'm going to be mixing it up a little bit. I'm going to be taking a break from interviewing people uh, and companies and going to talk about uh, a topic that's very important is owner training. Now, the reason that it's so important, I think it's one of those things that kind of gets missed uh, in the past as far as things that engineers and contractors really focus on. And it's really becoming more and more critical uh, because of the ever-increasing complexity of projects now. We need to be able to leave owners in control of their buildings to allow them uh, to properly operate them and maintain them and really uh, do the best that we can uh, to turn over uh, these new advanced projects. So I'm kind of going to give you a little bit of overview about engineers, contractors, building owners, their responsibilities, what they're supposed to do. And I'm going to talk about, you know, from the standpoint that uh, as far as in the past what I've seen is that engineers, contractors, and owners, they really are kind of, you know, hands-off. I can remember back when I was an engineer that really owner training really didn't come across uh, as one of the important things when I was laying out the design. You know, I was so focused on being able to get the ductwork to look just right, making sure that, that all the CFM and the GPMs matched up and that I did my load calculation properly. Really, when it came to to, to editing the spec, I was just making sure that the pieces parts were in there. And owner training really was the farthest thing from, from my mind now that I think think back about it. Going forward a little bit in time, I've, I've seen a lot of contractors and what their attitudes have been. And this doesn't, of course, doesn't cover all the contractors. Some, you know, as with the engineers, really are focused on providing, you know, top flight service and uh, really understand the value of owner training. But a lot of the contractors, they just want to fulfill their obligations, you know, get in there, do their hours, uh, perform the training, and uh, that's about it. And really, it's uh, and and that's really where it you know it falls down from the contractor standpoint, um, as well as the engineers. The owner is 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 guilty as well. I've seen a lot of owners. You get uh, owners that uh, will get trained, and then you know it'll be a you know weeks, months later when when something goes wrong, and they go, well, you know, we didn't know how to operate that, and they kind of throw up their hands, and 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 they uh, you know they play that card as well. And I think that's really, you know, a lot of finger pointing starts going around and we really want to be able to you know, prevent that. So I'm going to go through certain things that engineers, contractors, building owners should think about, give you some actionable items, uh, something to mull over in your mind as you're putting together your specifications and, you know, doing your training and receiving your training from each of the different parties. Now, I'm going to start off by talking about what engineers should do. And really, the engineers, you know, as far as training goes, the specifications are where it's at. Uh, it's not in the drawings, typically in the specifications. 
typically what you f- you're going to find, um, if you're not familiar with it, is that in each of the specification sections, there's going to be a uh, a part, a sub-item number uh, that, re- that talks about owner training and how much and what type and what variety it's supposed to be. There really is, I think, a better way to do this in that you should kind of either consolidate it overall into one you know front end section or at least at the very least kind of pull uh, all the different uh, sections uh, of, a, of, a, of a division whether it be division 23 which is HVAC um, or the, you know plumbing or fire protection or electrical whatever section it, you're, you know you're really responsible for pull it into one training section make a new section you know change up the numbering you know what have whatever you have to do but Take the time to develop a matrix, and this is going this is going to save so much time, and uh, you know avoid a lot of confusion when you're talking about um, you know what the contractor is expecting, what the you know uh, enabling the, the whether you have a construction manager or whether it's a general contractor that has the uh, the uh, project, but it really provides a one stop shop and, and complete understanding of what training is being expected across the board for your particular project. So one of the things you want to be able to do uh, is not only have that matrix, but you want to put some bulleted items, things that are typically in there now, but I just I reiterate them because I've seen so many cases where it's not necessarily true, require a, a, a constant format when um, or require that the I should take a step back here require that the training be video recorded and that the video recording has is uh, done to a DVD format so you're not and and make sure it's consistent among the other disciplines to make sure that you're not getting you know VHS format or beta or you know just different you know digital formats high eight or you know however it's being recorded Make sure that it's a, a, a consistent DVD format. That way, you know the owner can you know put it in a in a, in a DVD player and and be able to understand the uh, you know his training if he wants to review it at a at a, at a, a further date. Another thing that you might want to consider doing is having the requiring the recording be done by a third party. Um, I say this because in a lot of times I've seen project uh, project managers uh, are the ones that are responsible for recording the training, and they are not videographers. I mean, they really, you know, their forte is being able to manage personnel and make sure that, you know, documents are, are, are formatted right and that they're organized and, you know, they, they deliver their O&Ms and they're ordering their equipment those types of things. They're not videographers. So you want to be able to get somebody who's going to be paying attention and who understands um, uh, you know, what the viewer would see if, you know, when, they're, when they're recording it and, and um, when they're watching it after the fact. Because what you don't want happening is you don't want somebody who is taking you know, video of things that is uninteresting or it's not edited or the, you know, the the handicam that the the project manager uh, for the contractor is 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 going up and down all over the place. Uh, that's the last thing that you want to have happen. Also, I think that you want to have uh, require an agenda, require an agenda including you know any sort of you know split between you know what they're going to learn in a classroom, what you're going to go over in field training. Um, 
those type of things. So in the matrix, I think that you want to be able to specify uh, the amount of time for each section. So I imagine um, what I've seen uh, in, in good applications is that you'll have uh, the spec section that you want, the equipment type that it's covering, uh, the number of hours uh, that you want the training on, um, and uh, you know, make you know, talk to the talk to your equipment rep and figure out you know if you don't have any good idea on how exactly you know how much training a piece of equipment requires, you know, talk to them because they're going to have a good idea of uh, what that's going to be, what's that's going to involve. So get their input if you have no uh, idea yourself. Another thing that that you want to be able to put in there. Uh, for the contractors to to limit the training to four hours because when you're talking with an owner um, typically they're not going to have um, people available to train an eight-hour day um, and these aren't going to be the type of people that really do well uh, in training for for eight hours straight to begin with so limit your chunks um, you know because they're they're probably going to uh, you know serve a dual purpose as far as uh, um, you know, working and trying to do the training at the same time. So just be cognizant of that. As far as the contractor goes, some of the responsibilities, really a lot of the training uh, that they're going to be performing is going to be done by the people uh, or the manufacturer's representatives that they actually have purchased the equipment from. But I guess one of the things that I want to be able to make sure is, is when I'm talking to contractors is to make sure that they understand, they, they take um, the amount of time that's in the specifications and they, they make sure that the, uh, when they purchase the equipment that that equipment vendor knows that he's going to be responsible for, you know, two hours of training or eight hours of training, depending on what it is. Um, specifically, that comes into play, especially when you're talking about the controls contractor, because of all the different uh, training that goes on, the most intensive is the, uh, the controls, temperature controls contractor. He's going to spend the most time, and he might even have, you know, bring somebody in special from, uh, from out of state to be able to do uh, training on this uh, particular uh, system. Um, and you want to make sure that the, the, the person that you're dealing with is knowledgeable. Um, again, that could fall into the engineer's lap or the contractor's, but just to make sure that it isn't somebody who um, doesn't know the product or can't give good answers uh, to uh, owner questions. So make sure that it's, it's, a, it's a quality person uh, giving the uh, demonstration, the explanation. So resist, and, then it, you know, and again, I kind of reiterate this, but if, if there's no specifications, really if there's, if there's no specifications or it's not um, uh, spelled out this way, resist the urge to give your, contra give your uh, camcorder uh, to a project manager, you know, I would I would dedicate somebody. Again, I would suggest third party. But if you're a contractor, you're doing this yourself. Find somebody who's going to be, you know, less distracted. Um, literally, I had a uh, a project manager um, video recording a session, um, <laughs> video recording a uh, temperature control section, and um, have their phone ring. They had to answer it. 
they put the the camcorder down you know who's who knows what what exactly was missed in that time but it it could have been something that's very very crucial to the understanding of the the uh the owner's operating staff Obviously, you want to be able to get all the training documentation. Not only do you want to have copies for the owner, uh, owner personnel during the training, but you want to have a copy to back this up. Because there, there again, when I talk about the owner saying, you know what, I never got training on this, you want to be able to document who exactly receives training. You want to have sign-in sheets. Um, you want to have you know, what, they, what they document. Um, you want to be able to uh, be able to pull that out of your own archives and say, okay, this person got trained on this date, you know, and, you know, here's what he was given. And even have, um, you know, possibly a, a, a binder put together um, for, the, uh, for, the, um, uh, for the owners. One thing that you might even want to do, this is kind of taking it a, a step further, is to, you know, give, give some tests. And this doesn't have to be a, a lengthy test. Uh, for any stretch of the imagination, but just a simple test of understanding, you know, um, you know, what do you do on this piece of equipment when this happens? You know, it could be as simple as, you know, four or five questions, just a single page to make sure that they have the understanding that they were paying attention, um, you know, and it's not like it's, it's, it's graded, but if they don't understand something, then maybe you can go back and kind of re-explain things a little bit better. So what do you want to uh, make sure of uh, as a contractor? You want to make sure that you know your, your audience. Again, I kind of talk from the, the angle of the HVAC engineer and the HVAC contractor, but that's not to mean that uh, you know, when you're talking about security systems, when you talk about uh, kitchen systems, that you're not going to have a couple different audiences involved in what you're talking about. Um, and what I'm referring to is there's the people who actually use the equipment and then there's the people who actually uh, do the maintenance and repair and, and upkeep on the equipment. So obviously an operator wants to know something completely different uh, than somebody doing maintenance. So keep that in mind when, when you're uh, uh, doing the owner training. So what exactly do you want to be able to train on? What you know? What should what should some typical content content of the training be? Obviously, you want to be able to know the location of the system or know you know what it covers. Uh, whether it be you know this air handler covers this wing or this uh, electrical device, you know uh, you know covers covers you know that these couple of rooms. You want to know the purpose of the system that you want to, uh, that you're training on. You want to know how it operates. And you want to know what the required maintenance is. You want to be able to go through that and make sure that they understand that uh, for each piece of equipment. Obviously, this is, this is one of the items that is very critical because if you don't have the proper uh, maintenance done on equipment, uh, then you can easily void the warranty. And that's something that the owner wants to avoid at all costs. All the parties want to avoid this. Uh, so you want to be able to make sure that they understand what the requirements are for maintenance uh, to be able to maintain that warranty. Um, speaking of, they want to be able to know what's covered under the warranty. You know, what are they? What are they going to be expected to? Is it, is it parts and labor? Is it just parts? You know, what are they, what are they going to be end up paying for? How long is it? And who do they call when when they have a a, a warranty concern? If that that's it. 
you want to be able to review any O&M sections. Um, you know, take your book in there and say, okay, this equipment, here's it, here it is in the O&M binder uh, that you're going to have uh, at the site uh, so you understand. And here's some of the information that we're going to go over, and it's right here. If you have any questions on the warranty, here's where you might find it in the, in, in the front. Um, Here's the contact numbers. Here's who you should contact. And kind of go through that with them. Uh, very often, the O&M manuals never, never make it to the operating staff. And that's really who needs to have it, even though it it's, tends to be you know, a lot of documentation that's just going to take up shelf space and it's going to collect dust. When they need it, they need it, and they need to have access, and they should know how to use it when they do need it. Another thing you want to be able to do is kind of go through the, some of the t troubleshooting steps. Um, what happens when this safety trips off or what do they do to reset this piece of equipment? Um, you want to be able to go through those troubleshooting steps to make sure that they understand what they can do uh, you know, prior to having to call in anybody uh, during that you know, first year warranty period. Because obviously the fewer warranty calls that you get, the more money that stays in your pocket, less money that you have to pay out. So those are some of the things that I would focus on training, um, what, you know, what you would train on. As far as the maintenance staff, I think it's critical, really, when you talk about maintenance staff and you talk about the owner training, you have somebody, somebody on the owner's side that's really taking the lead. And that's, you know, sometimes that's easy to say when it's the head of maintenance. Um, sometimes it's not so easy when you have a single building. I mean, who is going to be responsible for making sure that the right people are trained on the equipment? Um, that's something that's, that's critical that, you know, whoever the, the engineer is or the contractor, they really should have that information um, in hand prior to trying to do any training whatsoever. So on the maintenance staff side, you want to have somebody, you want to be able to have them take responsibility of doing this maintenance. You want to be able to make sure that they ask questions and they understand their system. You know, and again, I guess, let me, let me, let me step into the shoes of the, the owner. Um, at, Let's ask questions. Let's understand our system. If there's something that we don't understand, you know, let's ask it. We may not need to know about the valves. We may need not to know about the, uh, um, you know, panel. You may have knowledge of that already. But if there's something in your system that you don't understand, you know, just get a load of questions put together and make sure that, that when you have the opportunity that, that you use the best time, especially if it's being recorded, and, and these are some of the questions that other people might have. So as far as the best time to get trained, obviously you want to make sure that you get trained uh, just prior to occupancy or a little bit after. That's probably the optimal time. That's probably 90% of the time that's when the owner gets trained. You might want to, uh, you know, and, and I guess the one caveat that I, I just want to throw out there is to make sure that if the project is phased, um, and I had this situation come up, but if the project is phased, uh, the, like the first phase contractor, say it's in two phases. So if the phase one contractor finishes his work, wants his contract closed out, but the building's not going to be occupied for another couple of months. 
you may lose the opportunity to be able to delay, you know, his training work. He might insist that he gets his training uh, requirements out of the way so he can get his final check and be done with it. So if it's phased work, I think it's, it's the responsibility of the engineer really to make sure, again, to get that into the specifications, to make sure that that's handled um, so you get uh, you know, not only uh, a possibility of, of delaying some of the warranty, uh, uh, you know, the start of the warranty, period to when the owner's occupying the building, but, but also to delay, you know, to make sure that there's funds available to delay the um, training part uh, for the contractor. So again, getting back to the, getting back to the, the, the maintenance staff, one thing you might want to do is to set up a periodic maintenance binder. Now, uh, there might be some cases where you're going to have, you know, a maintenance plan advisor that uh, that sets up a maintenance plan, or you're going to have a, a service contractor that's going to perform service, uh, and they're going to, you know, make sure that they do all the recommended service to keep the warranties up. But it, that may not be the case. Uh, so I would encourage you to, for every piece of equipment, as you're going through the training, ask, okay, what do I need to do to maintain this equipment? And write that down and get it on a schedule and get that schedule, you know, somewhere close to where the maintenance staff is always looking so they can pull it out and say, okay, I know that, you know, not everybody, you know, you could probably use their software out there that you could use to be able to do this training. But some people may not have the opportunity or the, uh, you know, the funds available to, to, to actually get this, uh, you know, periodic maintenance reminders uh, up and running. So just, a, you know, a simple table with saying, okay, so-and-so changed, uh, you know, did this piece of maintenance on this date, and, you know, it happens every six months. And just get the little, you know, initials by, by each time they, they need to do that. Um, also, you might want to set up uh, a training binder. If, if the contractor hasn't done this already for you, you might want to be able to um, hold in a single place you know, all the training DVDs and all the training materials uh, for your building. And you might want to set up a, a periodic uh, training for this. I mean, not, a, not, not everybody has a training budget, but, you know, it might behoove you to uh, really take a couple of hours uh, every couple of months to say, you know, hey, Joe, sit down and take a look, you know, at this, uh, uh, you know, review the training here. Because not only does that help, but also when you get new hires in uh, and your maintenance staff, there's turnover, uh, there's somebody new that comes on board, you can have the system where you go, okay, you're going to watch these training videos, we're going to take a look at the equipment, and we're going to get you up to speed you know, on what you need to do with that equipment. So really a training binder would be a, a great asset to have uh, as an owner. So... That pretty much wraps up uh, owner training, at least the, some of the things that hopefully I, I, you uh, got a couple tips that you can apply to, to what you're doing, uh, whether you're an engineer, contractor, owner. Um, and uh, I hope it was helpful. So uh, please let me know. Give me any sort of feedback. If you have any ideas for future shows or anybody that you'd like to hear uh, an interview with, drop me a line at building x.co or uh, email me at matt at building x.co uh, you can also uh, find me on twitter at building x 
Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Just, just let me know. I mean, we really appreciate those kind of people and, and we want to be able to have, share their experiences, uh, with the rest of the world. So, uh, again, I appreciate everybody listening. I think it's really, really great that, uh, we're, uh, we're building up to this and, uh, that's pretty much it. So until next time, know what you build and share what you know. 